Today's scripture reading is from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 21, the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day at Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. <laughs> then Peter addressed the crowd. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I have to say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine in the morning. <laughs> no, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days will I pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents of the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. I want to remind you of a moment that I think many of us uh, will enjoy returning to in our minds, which is uh, November 2010, the victory parade for the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco. Anyone else there? Did you go? Yes. Didn't even know you then, but you know, there's a reason. Um, anyways, I pulled my kids out of school and uh, we went to the 2010 San Francisco Giants Parade first World Series win ever. And um, it was an amazing day. It was um, amazing to see everyone in their best orange and black. It was amazing to see the city dressed with, um, with Giants logos and, and the people up in the buildings. I remember uh, I had a first grader, I think, and a 
fourth grader at the time, maybe second, anyways, um, kid, second and fifth grader. So, um, but I remember we were kind of like at two or three rows back in the parade to watch it go by. The players were all in the trolley cars and these people like took my kids and put them up in the front, um, right in front of them so the kids could be up in the front. And we were all just like one big family for that day. It was an incredible incredible morning. And um, I was there for myself because I've been a lifelong Giants fan and um, it was a long time coming. In fact, um, my friend this week who's a Dodgers fan, feel free to boo, um, he, he wrote me and he said, I'm at this baseball game and there's this kid next to me and he's dressed all in Giants gear and I feel so sad for him. Like, um, you know, could I go back? And I wrote back to him and I said, well, you know, first of all, um, you know, you should just be envious of this kid because he has a lifetime of character formation ahead of him as a Giants fan. <laughs> this, is, this is a lifetime thing. So um, I was there for myself to celebrate I love the, seeing the ticker tape come down um, and just the, you know, that sense of, of feeling rising up that we were all together and celebrating this amazing team, this amazing accomplishment. I was there for my kids because I was invested in also having them be Giants fans. Um, and I was there for my grandmother who was to die two years later and couldn't get to the Giants the Giants parade, um, had been a Giants fan since they were the New York Giants and she was a little girl growing up in South Dakota. I was there for her too, so that I could go and say, look, you know, here's the pictures. I was there, I was there celebrating for all of my family. But it was that moment of feeling like we were not alone. We were all together. We were all family in that moment that, that most, I most remember about being there. And we've all had, I hope you've had those kinds of moments, whether it's um, a graduation. I, I'm always a crying mess at every graduation, even if I don't know them, they start playing pomp and circumstance and there's a sense of, of celebrating this accomplishment together. There's that moment maybe at a concert where everyone is singing your favorite song uh, together and you, you just feel so connected to the people around you. There's that moment at a wedding or a family event where you just, you know, aside from all the stress and the struggle and the strain of being a family, you have that moment of knowing you're together. Um, and I hope you have even some of those moments here in this sanctuary to get as we're together. Whether it's in a parade or it's in a march, as we're in Pride Month right now and we're listening to these stories of people coming out and marching together and the power of it is that they're saying, we're not alone, we're together, and we're seeing each other. Pentecost is a moment like this. It's a moment that felt that way for those that were there. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for your constant reminders to us, whether it be through baseball or through a song or through a prayer that we are not alone. May we listen to those voices. May we listen for them in our world. And may we be them as well. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. You who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
So Pentecost was a religious holiday for the Jews. It was a Jewish holiday when they celebrated um, the wheat harvest and it then began to develop over time into the celebration of the giving of the Torah to the Jewish people. And so it was a big holiday and people gathered together, they made pilgrimages to Jerusalem and <laughs> so there were many people in Jerusalem and uh, the disciples had just um, experienced Jesus' death. They had had these appearances of Jesus, experienced resurrection, and now he was gone. And they were gathered together trying to figure out probably what, what are we going to do next. I love that they didn't just go ahead and make a five-point action plan, <laughs> but they all sat together to listen. And in that meeting, in that gathering, there was this rush of a wind. And it says, these little tongues of fire on their head. And they began to speak. And others who, whose language they didn't speak could understand them. I think maybe uh, Presbyterians and other church denominations have well have been having meetings since then, trying to replicate this experience <laughs> over and over. And it, you know would they say Presbyterian, being Presbyterian is death by meetings, so, um, but in this meeting, the Spirit shows up, and, um, and what I, another thing that I love about this, um, the way the Spirit shows up in this moment is it's not that they're all speaking the same language, it's not that everyone understands each other, it's that the Spirit of God comes to them in their own language, in the place where they are. And it causes some to celebrate, some to see, say, hey, maybe there's something to this Jesus thing. It causes others to sneer and say they must be drunk with wine, which is also always the case when the Spirit shows up, right? Some people are, see it and see what's happening. Other people are like, I'm not so sure and what's actually going on here. So Peter begins to preach, and he links their experience to the Jewish prophet, to the prophecy in the book of Joel, when God's spirit comes across age and gender and socioeconomic stature and across people, and then also in nature, where nature is also responding to the spirit. And he invites them into this way of Jesus that is not just a belief system, not just a set of dogma, but is something that is within them, that is this light. And invites them to open to something beyond themselves. You are not alone. Their God is with you. In these la this last season, we've been preaching and talking through the book of Acts, and now this morning we're going back to this beginning story in the book of Acts. And um, I've so enjoyed looking at these stories again, um, because I think, do you remember that first week when we talked, we talked about conversion? And some of us shared we have some issues with conversion and this word of this sense of of you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus, and are we just wrangling people and, and trying to get them to see the way we see things? And yet, in every story that we've read, 
The conversion has, has been something very personal and individual, but it's always showed up in bringing people together and drawing the circle wider and having the Greeks speak to the Jews and having the women rise up as leaders in their community across languages. And so we're seeing that, that, when, that when the Spirit comes and when the Spirit of Christ comes, it's not just about me believing the right things and making a decision in my mind. It's about this, this circle getting bigger and more people understanding that they're included in God's love, that the light of God's love is within them and that they can see it in each other and they can start to move beyond the things that separate them to be in community together. Commentator Justo Gonzalez says this, Pentecost was a resounding no to any movement within the church that seeks to make all Christians think alike, speak alike, and behave alike. The church is called to be a monument to the humiliation of any who seek to make their language or culture dominant. Isn't that powerful? The church is to be a monument to this kind of love, to this kind of space where, where more and more people are figuring out that, that they're a part of this circle of God's love, where more and more people are experiencing that both within themselves and in their relationships with each other. Everyone belonged in that moment of Pentecost. And I think the Spirit doesn't just come. The Spirit comes for our own personal experience, no doubt, for us to each know in the places where we're struggling and we're wondering if we're enough, that, that indeed God is with us and is giving us power to be more than we could ask or imagine. But the Spirit also always comes in the sense of bringing people together and breaking down barriers. This is what Paul spoke of later in Ephesians 5 when he said, For Christ is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. Christ has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So Christ came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through Christ, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. Our divisions are not of God. God is always working to draw us together, to break boundaries, and indeed, this is the mark of the Holy Spirit. Someone I've been uh, reading and following recently, and I would encourage you to, to look out for a podcast or a book by him as well, is an Irish writer named Padraig Otuma. And Padraig has done work um, around the world in breaking down barriers, in hosting conversations, particularly his work in um, his own home country of Ireland, both Ireland and Northern Ireland. And he says this, history has shown no religious or social ideology is immune 
from the capacity to make its doors as sharp as they are open. Branding those who enter or maim this, or maiming those who leave. I'm thinking about these doors that I saw in Zanzibar last summer to to keep people out. There was like literally spikes on the doors. And this is what he's saying in this quote is, is the church has often been seen as having these kinds of doors that are, that are pokey, right? So if you're trying to come in, you might get hurt. And if you're trying to leave, you might get hurt. Part of this, he says, I am convinced is because we speak in singular terms. I am a person. I have a faith. And I belong to a group. Surely now we must know that we are plural. I am peoples with faiths and belongings. I have capacities and incapacities. And my power too is plural, hurting, hopefully hurting less with years. Hello to the power of belonging. Hello to the responsibility of the power of belonging. Pentecost is moving us from the singular to the plural. It means, doesn't just mean the spirit is mine, but the spirit is yours too, and the spirit is ours together. It means that you are not alone in the privacy of your own soul and your own experience, but we also belong to each other. Another moment that we celebrate in baptism is when we say, You belong to Christ, and we belong to you, and you belong to us. The work of the Spirit is to always be making space for the other. Summer is a different rhythm for many of us. It's certainly a different rhythm around the church, but as we go about on our different ways this summer and and intersect in different ways, I want to challenge you this summer to, to live into the plural to consider where maybe you want to make a little bit more space for someone else, to make that phone call and and take a walk, to risk a deeper conversation, to reach across difference. There's going to be some um, opportunities, three Sundays, uh, where I'm going to be going to St. Anthony's in San Francisco to to feed folks or to work in um, passing out clothes, and you're invited to join me. You can sign up online. I think there's also going to be sign-ups out there. Or maybe you have your own favorite place where you like to do that. Consider what it means for you to live in the plural rather than the singular. Stay open to something larger than you that gives you the strength to move out into the plural. Amen. The choir is going to sing um, one of my favorite choral songs this morning, We Are Not Alone. So I invite you to sit and maybe close your eyes and take in this powerful words.